I'm beginning a new series called Let the Church Be the Church. Let the Church Be the Church. And uh, I kind of had this series in mind to build faith as we go into Easter, but now I, I don't know where it's going to go. I feel like I'm probably going to preach it the rest of the year. No, just kidding. Not that long. But I've been, I've been living in the book of Acts uh, now for uh, the last month, and uh, there's just so much in here that I want to preach from. And so I don't know if it's a, if it's a book of Acts series but I definitely feel like uh, there's some stuff in here that we need to hear and uh, we're just going to let it, we're going to let it go as long as we need to let it go. Amen. Amen. This is Acts chapter 12, verse five and six. And maybe I, I feel like those kids are having so much fun over there. It might be a little extra lit. Maybe the teacher could not be on that microphone so loud. Acts chapter 12, verse five, praise the Lord. We are building a wall, by the way, to... Uh, on the other side to make that sound a little less. So we're going to build a wall. We're going to make the tithers pay for it. Amen. <laughs> That's as political as I get. That's it. <laughs> but we are, we are going to, they are going to pay for it. They don't have a choice. So, uh, oh, this is good. Okay, this is good work. So, but we are, we're going to build, we're going to soundproof that wall uh, because we are in here till August 2020. And while we're here, we want to give you the best experience possible. And obviously, be praying for us. We're believing God for the right building to open up for us for our next season. Amen. But while Peter was in prison, the church prayed. But while Peter was in prison, the church prayed. The New King James says, Peter was in prison, but the church prayed. And so either way you want to you phrase that, it's, it's the same. They prayed very earnestly for him. The night before Peter was placed on trial, he was asleep. I love that. He's literally on death row. His friend James had just died, and they're about to kill him, and he's asleep. <laughs> Fastened two chains between two soldiers. Others stood guard at the prison gate. But while Peter was in prison, the church prayed. I want to preach today from the subject, let the church pray. Let the church pray. Let the church pray. Now, here's what I want you to do while I'm preaching. I want you to have your, your phone ready, or if you take notes old school with a pen and paper, have that ready. As I'm preaching, I want your faith to rise for people that you need to pray for that need to come to Christ, okay? How many know life is short and eternity is long? Amen. We need to believe God for our friends and family to come to Christ. And so as I'm preaching, coworkers, friends, family members, uh, employees, employers, any, anybody in your world that you know needs to come to Christ, and I want you to write their names down as I'm preaching as your faith builds, because I'm going to build your faith now for prayer. And I want you to be praying for them. And then I want you to believe God that they're going to come with you to Easter for either Good Friday service or Easter Sunday service and that your friends and your family are going to come to church on Easter weekend and they're going to come to Christ. Can I get an amen from somebody? So we're, next week we're going to have invitations. We're going to pass invitations out to everybody we know. But it's one thing to invite. It's another thing to have the power of the Holy Spirit behind that invitation. Amen. And so we're going to pray and we're going to believe that God's going to do something powerfully. But I want to preach. Let the church pray. Father, now as we approach your word, we, we come with faith, expectation. And, uh, and I truly do pray that this would be um, 
not just information, but let it be an impartation of faith uh, in this moment. Increase our faith to pray bold prayers that get undeniable answers. In Jesus' name, everyone said amen. And amen, thank you, brother. I thought worship was fantastic, by the way, today. Can we thank our worship team? I just thought the whole band, singers, everybody. The book of Acts is a prayer book. It's really a prayer manual. Uh, The original name for the book of Acts is actually the Acts of the Apostles. It records the birth of the church, the history of the church, and the activity of the church. And though we can learn a lot from the book of Acts, a lot of, about a lot of different things, the one constant narrative of the book of Acts is the disciples and the apostles and the church's devotion to God through prayer. Not just a devotion to God or a passion for God, but a devotion to God through the ministry of prayer. Turn to your neighbor, tell him, I'm a prayer warrior. Let him know that I'm a prayer warrior because I'm gonna have you prophesy that into your own life and it's gonna get in your spirit. Look at this on the screen. Without prayer, we do not have the book of Acts because every act of the apostles is connected to the prayers of the apostles. Without prayer, you don't have the book of Acts. And I would submit to you, without prayer, you don't have a book of Acts. (laughs) You'll never act you'll never have a testimony and a story of the things you did for God because everything you do for God is connected to a relationship through God. Every great act in your life will be connected to your prayer life. No prayer, no acts. No prayer, no miracles. This is why in Luke 11, I've said this before, but it bears reminding that in Luke 11, the disciples come to Jesus and they say, hey, Jesus, uh, can you teach us how to pray? Because when you pray, God stuff happens. They didn't ask Jesus how to heal, how to raise the dead, how to turn fish into ATM machines, how to multiply bread. Come on, we're in Vegas. How to turn water into wine. Hello. <laughs> They said, Jesus, teach us how to pray because something interesting happens. We wake up and you've already been up. And we notice that you're on the mountain and you're talking to God. And when you come off the mountain, God stuff starts happening. And we've connected it to your prayer life. So can you teach us how to pray? This is why in the book of Mark chapter nine, they try casting a demon out of a boy and they can't do it. And Jesus says, oh, you can't do it because this kind This thing, certain things only happen by prayer and fasting. See, there's some things you get just because you're a child of God. There's some things that you get because God loves you, but there's other things that you can only get when you love God. There's some things you get because you're just a king's kid. Heaven, eternity, awesome. The Father loves you. The Father will never lo- not love you. You're still with the Holy Spirit, guaranteed until the day of redemption. Praise the Lord. He began a good work in you. He's going to be faithful to complete it. Praise the Lord. You're going to heaven. Awesome. But if you ever want heaven to come to earth, Jesus said this is connected to prayer and fasting. In other words, some things you get because you're my kid. Other things you get because we're in relationship. And don't get it twisted. Those are two very different things. Woo, 
I'm preaching and I'm five minutes in. So Acts, thank you for the clap. The 9 a.m. did not give me that clap. Thank you. It was a cold 9 a.m. Praise the Lord. Prayer is powerful because prayer prayer is the gateway and the doorway to the supernatural realm. So let me just read you a few things. You, you won't be able to write this down. Get the, check it out on YouTube tomorrow, podcast. Acts chapter 1, they prayed before choosing leaders. Acts chapter 4, after they were persecuted, they did not pray for protection. They prayed for boldness. Acts chapter 6, the apostles gave themselves to constant prayer. Acts chapter 6, they prayed before choosing leaders. Acts chapter 8, they prayed for the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Acts chapter nine, they prayed for signs and wonders. Acts chapter 10, Cornelius prayed and his whole household was saved. Acts chapter 12, they prayed for Peter to be released from prison. Acts chapter 13, uh, they prayed and set people apart for missions work. Acts chapter 14, are y'all seeing the theme here? Amen. Acts chapter 14, they prayed before setting aside new believers for ministry. Acts chapter 16, they prayed in a prison and saw a miracle. Acts chapter 20, they prayed before departing to another church. Acts chapter 21, they prayed for Paul before he went to Jerusalem. Acts chapter 22, they prayed and they worshiped, receiving guidance for future ministry plans. Acts chapter 28, they prayed for signs and wonders. And none of those, there's even more because then you have praying in the spirit. You have all of the speaking in tongues in the, in the book of Acts, which we still believe can happen. Thank you, Tori. And, and prophecy. We believe you can get a prophetic word from God. God still speaks. Amen. So that doesn't even include all the other supernatural stuff that would have obviously been accompanied by prayer. Every great thing God will do in your life and every great thing God will do through your life will be connected to your prayer life. So let me give you three things about prayer. Number one, prayer changes things. Prayer changes things. But the church prayed. Acts chapter 12, verse 5. We'll get that in your spirit. Screenshot it. Put it as your screensaver. But the church prayed. But. Everyone say but. But But the church prayed. But is a conjunction. But used to introduce a phrase or clause contrasting and contradicting what has already been mentioned. Can we go back to English class for one second? But a conjunction used to introduce a new phrase, a new clause. I believe someone's about to get a new phrase for your life. I believe someone's about to get a new clause for your life. Uh, the, 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 the psalmist David said, God put a new song in my heart. There's something new is happening. I know how it's always been. Thank you, Angie, for shouting me down. I know how it's always been, but I got a new song. I got a new clause. I got a new statement over my life. His banner over me is love. This is, this is who I am. Now, I know what's always been said, but I'm getting a new phrase. I'm getting a new clause. I'm singing a new song that is con trusting and contradicting what has already been mentioned. In other words, everything the devil has said over your life. You can stand if you want to stand because I feel like preaching. Everything people have said over you, every curse that's been spoken, everything you've said. You can get a butt. Yeah. <laughs> 
can declare a but God when the church prays. When you begin to pray, you set up a contradicting narrative to what the enemy is playing for your life. Oh, Peter, the devil wants to sift you as wheat, but words of the Lord Jesus, I prayed for you. Peter, the devil's not going to win because I have a new word, new clause, new phrase, new song over you, Peter. And I know what you're, I know the mistakes you're about to make, but I have a new word over you. I know the temperament you've had, but I have a new clause over you. I know the cycles you've been living in, but I have a new song for you. So I don't know what you've been singing. I don't know what you've been saying. I don't know what people have been saying over you, but I do know the thief has come to steal, kill, and destroy. But the church can pray. Oh, come on. Can I get some faith in the room? And set up a contradicting... When the enemy comes in like a flood, the Spirit of the Lord sets up a butt. Come on, everybody say, but God. So I know what I feel, but I know what my emotions are going through right now, but I know what I'm experiencing right now, but I know what the doctor said, but. I know what my teenagers are telling me, but I know how my spouse has been acting, but, and I'm going to set up a contrasting, contradicting word, a new clause, a new phrase, a new song in contradiction to what I've been hearing. Oh, this is the power of prayer. This is why prayer can change things. Because you're not saying, and, I, and I, I've got to go back to last week really quick. You're not saying what you see, you're saying what you hear. Amen. You're, and a lot of you missed last week because the average American Christian comes one time a month. So if you missed it, you need to get the podcast on the YouTube or come every week. <laughs> Amen. You know, if church is optional, don't think to your kids, God will be necessary. If you teach your kids that church is optional, just don't be surprised when they don't find him necessary. Another, I don't know who that was for. It wasn't for anyone in here. It was for the 1145. I missed God. But anyway, <laughs> but I got to go back to last week because Elijah heard. You got you to get a word from God and you start saying that and you get a but, you get a phrase, you get a promise. And I know Peter's in prison, but I'm going to pray. In other words, I'm just going to lie over dead and let the devil do what the devil wants to do. I'm going to, I'm going to set up a standard. I'm going to agree with heaven. Prayer releases a but in my life. Prayer creates a contrasting reality. Prayer contradicts the desires of the devil. I was tired and weary, but I prayed. I was sick. But I had the elders of the church anoint me with oil and pray the prayer of faith. I was bound in destructive cycles and sins, but I went after God. I know what is going on. I know what I'm seeing. I know the issues. I know what the doctor has said. I know what should normally happen in this circumstance, but my prayers are powerful 
through God for the pulling down of strongholds. Look at James chapter five, verse 17. This is out of the Passion Translation, which I've been loving. And it says this, Elijah was a man of human frailties just like us, but, come on, everybody say but. But he prayed and received supernatural answers. Just like us, frail just like us. Elijah was insecure. Elijah was literally suicidal. Elijah had a lot of issues. Elijah was hot and cold. But he knew how to pray. And that but in his life, that that contradicting word from God that went against his emotions that were up and down is what gave him supernatural answers. The church prayed passionately. The church prayed personally. And the church prayed specifically. And the church got answers because the church prayed. And if you'll pray, you'll get answers. On Friday night, I was in Dallas, Texas, preaching at a conference. And a lot of you know, a lot of you don't know, I, I, I still preach a lot and I, I travel around the world Uh, which is a huge blessing and get to preach at churches. And I was at a conference on Friday that I've been to. This was year number six in a row that I've been. And uh, three years ago, I I don't even remember it. They told me the story. I called a girl out of the audience and I had a word for her. And I said, you will have children. Uh, You will have babies. God is healing you. There's a miracle. You know, I'm praying, preaching, you know, prophesying over this girl. And then I left, amen, because that's what evangelists get to do. They show up and they blow up and they leave. <laughs> that's why we haven't had really a lot of evangelists in yet because it's, it's too messy. <laughs> like when we're more mature, I'll bring an evangelist to just make a mess and I can clean it up. But we're still too young, right? So I bring in pastors, amen. <laughs> Whenever I'm gone, I bring in pastors because I... But, but one day we'll be mature enough that I can just go, just make a mess. We'll figure it out later. Let people fall out under the power. Let them go crazy. We'll figure it out later. Amen. So when I travel, I get to be an evangelist. You don't, I mean, if you all think I'm scary on a Sunday morning, Jesus, my God, is scary. I, don't, I can't believe people invite me in. But so I prophesy, but I prophesy, I do all this. I leave. We're in Dallas. I go to the back room and eat babe's chicken. Amen. And I'm happy. If y'all don't know about babes, get a flight tonight to Dallas and get you some babes. Well, here's what I didn't know. I didn't know the girl was single. How would you like that, Angie? I call your daughter out and go, (laughs) yeah, okay. Uh, She's single. I also didn't know she was born without a uterus. Awkward. But when I said it, she got a she got a butt. I know what the doctors always said, but I just got a word from God. And her words are, it was the first time in my life I got faith. In other words, I've always known I was born without a uterus and I and I gave up on having kids and I gave up really even on marriage. And she said, but when I got the word, now this was three years ago. I'm finding out this Friday. She said, when I got the word, something happened. So since then, she got married. 
Okay. Step one. <laughs> a lot of y'all don't know that. We live in Vegas. So let me tell you how this works. You don't, you don't get the dinghy without the ringy. <laughs> Amen. The marriage bed is undefiled. Okay, let me just remind you, I know it's 2019, but God is still true, okay? So, uh, amen, praise the Lord, amen. I, we lost the anointing. All the single people, ah, oh, this idiot. She gets married, and she's standing on a word. All of a sudden, her friend calls and says, hey, I just found out about a brand new groundbreaking technology where they're giving women uterus transplants. It's very rare, it's very hard to get one, and most women, their bodies reject them. But, I got a word. So her, with thousands and thousands of other women around the world, put in. And she was one of 10 in America to get selected. Okay, now for all you, all you negative Nancys out there who you don't have faith in God, well, if it's really God, why didn't God just give her a uterus? <laughs> See, this miracle isn't enough for you, and that's why you'll never get one. God, give me the miracle any way you want. Her body receives it. The doctors check her out and go, girl, you working. And on Friday, I found out she's now three months pregnant. I was born without a uterus, but... This is real. This is, this is how God works. This is what God does. So as soon as I heard that Friday night, I said, we're turning Sunday night into revival service. So tonight, come back to church. I don't know what's going to happen, but it's going to be good. And we're going to pray for people. And we're going to believe God for miracles tonight. And we're going to let worship go as long as worship needs to go. And we're going to trust that the Holy Spirit's going to do a great work tonight. So if you don't have anything to do tonight, come back tonight at 6. If you have something to do tonight, cancel it and come back at 6. Because we're going to pray tonight. We're going to believe God because my faith is through the roof right now. And so I got to, you know, you got to, yeah. Prayer changes things. Prayer changes things. I can tell you the story of my father who passed out, went to the doctor, and they found a brain tumor. And they said, we have to remove this thing. And then we prayed. And I ran to the kitchen and I got a washcloth. And we anointed it with oil. And we FedExed it to him 24 hour overnight. According to Acts chapter 19, God did unusual miracles through the hands of Paul. Paul couldn't get to everybody, so he started mailing handkerchiefs. And as soon as demon-possessed people would touch the handkerchief, they'd get, that's in your Bible. You should read. This thing is great. <laughs> it's better than Harry Potter. <laughs> and he gets it, and he puts it in his pillowcase, and he goes to bed. He goes back to the doctor. They do one more 
scan before they do the surgery and the tumor's gone. Here's what I'm saying. Now, if God would have healed him through a doctor, great. God healed him that way, awesome. Prayer changes things. I'm asking you to pray. I'm asking you to pray for people that you know that do not know Christ. I'm asking you to pray for your family. I'm asking you to pray for your business. I'm asking you to pray because every great thing God wants to do in you and every great thing God wants to do through you, he's gonna do through the ministry of prayer. Number two, prayer changes me. Prayer changes me. They prayed for Peter. Bible says, walk with the wise, you'll be wise. The Bible says, bad company corrupts good morals. Sociologists say, look at your five closest friends. That's a picture of your future. So I like to hang around wealthy people. Amen. I'm like, (laughs) I'm going to get in on that. How'd you make all that money? (laughs) What'd you do? (laughs) Your five closest friends usually the amount of money you make a year is an average of what all those people make as well. So your atmosphere matters and your relationships matter. I'm only saying that for one reason. If that's true, and I believe it is, what happens when a Christian spends time with God? Spends time with God. If that's all true, and I believe it is, then what happens when you spend time With God, anything that is birthed by God must be sustained by God. This is why a lot of people come to church and they actually get a breakthrough and they lose it by Tuesday because it was birthed by God, but then you tried to sustain it in the flesh. So anything God is going to birth in me, he's going to have to sustain. And that means that I can't just go to God when I need a miracle. Okay. So look at this. What you want from God is received through a relationship with God. Your prayer life is the sustaining force for holiness. Hearing God's voice, God ideas, creativity, the joy of the Lord. An eye on eternity, freedom from worldliness, freedom from offense. It is your sustaining force for loving God, obedience to God, and passion for God. John 15, uh, 15, 4, live in me. These are the words of Jesus. Live in me. Make your home in me. Don't just visit me on Sundays for an hour. Make your home in me. Just as... I do in you. In other words, Jesus is going, I'm committed. Isn't that good news? Like I'm all in. In the same way that a branch can't bear grapes by itself, but only by being joined to the vine. You can't bear fruit. By the way, John 15 is all about prayer. Fruit in this context is answered prayer. You can't have answered prayer unless you're joined with me. God is the way God changes you. (laughs) That's it. See, I have no faith 
in just church services or even small groups or even services like tonight. All those are. All Sunday is and all small group is, is a sign pointing you to Jesus. And then we're asking you to go after him. All I am is a, is a gas station in the desert on your way to California. And I'm just trying to give you the fuel to get to where you need to go. Jesus is your destination. Jesus is the place that you, this is, this is where it all, it happens with God. I'm not, I can't, I can't, I can't heal you. I can't deliver you. I can't save you. I can't, all I can do is give you some fuel and small groups give you some fuel to get you to your own walk with Christ. And I take no pressure after that because all, all I can do is point you to Jesus and go, I hope you'll do this because it will change you. He will change you, but God is the way God changes you. Second Corinthians 3.18. This is another from the Passion Translation. I'm loving this translation. We can all draw close to him. Woo, that's good news. For everyone who really screwed up this week, we can all draw close to him. Not just pastors, preachers, apostles, prophets, worship leaders. Not just people with, with a perfect past. Not just people from a great family. Not just people with money. Not just people who have, who have never, you know, touched alcohol or a cigarette. Not just people who have never had an abortion or people who have never uh, fallen morally. Not just, no, no, no. We can all. Come on, everybody. We can all draw close to him. I'm preaching you quiet. Is this Okay. Let me build your faith, okay? <laughs> I don't want to discourage you. I'm telling you, you can draw close to him with all of your junk and mess and mistakes and you can draw close to him with the veil removed because if you remember when Jesus says it is finished, when he said that on the cross, the veil in the temple was removed. So now we have 24 hour access, 365 days a week. Anytime you want, you can access the presence of God and with no veil, we all become like mirrors who brightly reflect the glory of the Lord Jesus. We are being transfigured. How, how, do you, how do you get transfigured? How do you get transformed? By drawing close. Into his very image as we move from one brighter level of glory to another. And this glorious transfiguration comes from the Lord. Jabin, how do I change? Stare at Jesus. Jabin, how do I get free from pornography? Stare at Jesus. Jabin, how do I become a better spouse? Stare at Jesus. Jabin, how do I be a better example to my kids? Stare at Jesus. Jabin, how, how do I get free from this destructive cycle in my life? Stare at Jesus. And you just come to him and you just look at him. And you just stay right here because prayer changes me and his word is changing me. Ephesians 5, be washed in the water of the word and you just keep looking at him. And then as you look at him, it comes from the Lord. In other words, you look at Jesus, Jesus changes you. That's how it works. This is it. That's, that's, that's why a daily walk with God is so important. So important. Why? Because God is the way God changes you. Number three. Y'all getting something out of this? Come on. 
Number three, pray, oh, I love this one. Woo. Prayer does not change God. Oh, I love this. You know why I love this? Because I think a lot of times we believe that God is against us. And we're going to God to change his mind about a situation. Anyone else ever felt that? Is it just me? Y'all going to leave me out here all by myself? You know, God, I know, I know I did this, I know I did this, and I know I did that, and I know this, and I know it. I haven't been praying a lot. I haven't, but Lord, if you would just. And we're, all, and we're, out, we're making deals with him. <laughs> Kiss the ring. And we're trying to. And we're going to the Godfather. And we're trying to, and you don't have to be that way. Prayer does not change God. It changes me, but it does not change God. He is good. He said, he said call unto me. I will answer you. And I will show you great and mighty things thou knowest not. I'm in. Isn't that a good feeling? Prayer is convincing me. It's not convincing God. Prayer is changing me. It is not changing God. The word changes my mind. The word does not change God's mind. Oh, it's such a better way to live. So, so here's the scene. James just died. Peter's on death row. He's going to die tomorrow. So you know what he does? He goes, well, I'm not going to lose sleep over something I have no control over. <sighs> and he turns his two prison guards into pillows. says, boys, wake me up when it's time. By the way, not only did he have those two guards, but then there were guards outside of his jail cell. This man would have, uh, theologians say, would have had about 12 to 20 guards guarding a sleeping man. You know you're powerful when you got 20 people guarding you when you're asleep. How, how can I, Jabin, how can I sleep tonight knowing... I don't know how we're going to pay this thing because you can't change it anyway. How am I going to sleep tonight knowing the doctor said I've got a year to live because you can't change that anyway. How am I going to sleep tonight knowing that we're still believing God for a miracle? And I'm not going to lose sleep over things I can't change. Now, I'm going to, on the flip side, anything I can change, I'm going to hustle, grind, do whatever I can do. But the things I can't change, I've prayed, I believed, done all I know to do. Now I'm going to sleep. And, and here's what Peter knows. Peter knows that either, because he's seen God do miracles. So, and, and, and Peter has seen God change his own life. So Peter's seen God change things and Peter's seen God change him. So whatever happens tomorrow, I'm going to trust God. And if I die like James, ooh, I get to see the Lord. And if God gets me out of this, I'm cool. 
It's kind of like when Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego uh, told, told the king of Babylon, they said, throw us in that pit. We ain't going to die. And even if we do, we won't bow. Like what, I mean, talk about Holy Ghost swag. Like, try to kill me. You can't. But even if you do, I win. Like, how do you argue with that person? (laughs) So I prayed. I've believed. I've trusted. And I'm going to go to bed. Because I know God is good and I know God is able. And I believe that while I'm sleeping, God is working. I love that. And while I'm sleeping, I'm grateful the church is praying. And I'm going to trust God. I'm going to believe and I'm going to trust. What a great, what a great place to be. Spoiler alert. An angel of the Lord shows up, wakes Peter up, says, hey, we got to go. Peter thinks it's a vision. <laughs> it's not until he walks out of the prison and the angel disappears. He goes, oh my, oh my gosh, I'm out. How did that happen? And then I love this. He goes to the house where the prayer meeting is happening. The verse five prayer meeting is happening. Guys, it's me, Pete, it's me. And a girl comes to the door and goes, oh my gosh, Peter. Slams the door, runs back. Reads your Bible. Goes back and goes, guys, guys, stop praying, stop praying, stop praying. Peter's at the front door. And they go, that's impossible. He's in prison. Father, set Peter free. Lord, do a miracle. God, God, do. You can always tell a person's level of faith by how violent their tongues are. It's like, you're, it's too violent. You need to relax and try. It's like a machine gun. It's like, chill. It's probably a sign of a lack of faith. That's impossible. Peter's in prison. Come on, let's pray. Oh, God, set it free. Oh, God, do it, do it. She goes, guys, for real, I think it's Peter. They go, no, no, no. It must be an angel. Oh, God, we pray. You got to love it. Here's why this is so encouraging. Because it's not about having perfect faith. It's about having earnest prayers. They prayed earnestly, not perfectly. Damon, I can't pray. I don't have that much faith. It's okay. Just pray. Don't you love it? And then they finally go, well, who, I guess what, what, huh? And he walks in and they go, Peter, we've been praying for you. Glory to God. The Lord heard our prayers. Praise God. I knew God was faithful. Hallelujah. I knew he's going to do it again. Praise God. Hallelujah. That's like 90% of pastoring. A miracle happens. We're like, well, glory to God. I knew God was going to be faithful. Hallelujah. And inside you're going, Jesus, how did that happen? Every time we've had a large gift given to the church, we always contact them and go, did you mean to send that much? Did you accidentally add a zero? Tells you how much faith I have. You know, like, do you need a reimbursement? 
That's the God's honest truth. <laughs> Me, you know, I'm up here the fearless leader. Listen. So you pray and you draw close and you keep looking at Jesus and then you rest. While you're resting, God is working. We're going to see what God's going to do in our life. Amen. Come on, let's, let's be people of prayer. Let's go after heaven. Watch what God will do. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray for the gift of faith, the ability to believe God, seek God. Give us endurance in the spirit to take these matters very seriously, knowing that you are the God who answers our prayer. I'm grateful today that prayer changes things. I'm grateful today that prayer changes me, but I'm most grateful that prayer does not change you. Thank you that it is settled in heaven. If God be for us, who can be against us?